Well, good morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Well, it's always good, no matter what day it is, if it's Monday or Sunday, to be with people to worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Well, been quite a few days, I'm telling you, <laughs> through this Christmas season, and I understand uh, a lot of people's out today doing whatever, but uh, we're not doing whatever. <laughs> We're worshiping God. We're here. And we're so grateful for you that are here. And many told me they were out of town and going here and going there. And that's okay. But you know what? Uh, I had a number of people call me and said, are there going to be church on Sunday? And I said, yes. Or is it going to be only live streaming? No, it's going to be with people. Amen. And so we're glad you're here. The ones of you that decided to come and didn't go to uh, wherever. And then... <laughs> I'm glad they got to go to wherever. We stayed home, and we had a great time at home yesterday and the, and the night before. We had food coming out of our oh, ears. Oh, my goodness. This woman, this woman, she didn't know what it means. I mean, I mean, it. I thought she was just working and working and working and cooking and cooking. And I said, um, well, I won't say what I said, but... <laughs> I said, I can't do that, and, all, and that little bit of people that's going to be at our house, what are we going to do with all this food? She said, well, we'll give it away. Anyway. Uh, well, I have to keep up the Italian tradition, and it's food, food, food. Amen. <laughs> yeah, Friday night on Christmas Eve, she thanks some them, because she's Italian, that she's got to do the seven fish, you know, and, and they were good, you know. I, I'm going to say that. It was all good. And then she makes a cabbage soup. That's an Italian cabbage soup. And you're supposed to eat the soup and the fish and, and then the dessert. You know, I'm thinking, I need to double size my stomach if I'm going to partake in everything she's done. We had to skip dessert because nobody had room. <laughs> well, we skipped, we skipped quite a few things. Anyway, tell them about the cabbage soup because well, I know some people don't like cabbage. I know our son David doesn't, but it doesn't stop him from eating the cabbage soup. Well, in the cabbage soup, I saute uh, beef, ribs, chicken, Italian sausage, and meatballs. And so then all that goes in a pot. Then I add water and seasoning, and it cooks for three hours, and the meat just falls apart. And then you put, then I put this uh, special cabbage, it's called Savoy cabbage, because it stays crisp, and you put that in the bowl, then you put the broth and the meat on top of the cabbage, and then you sprinkle it with Parmesan cheese, and it is just awesome. <laughs> and, we'll be, and, and we'll be eating that today. Yes. Um, because that was, that, that's one of those leftovers that you just... It just gets better. It gets better. better. <laughs> and, really um, yeah. you know, well, that's the way Jesus is. Jesus gets better with the season. It Amen. Does. It does. The more that we, we keep Jesus in our life, the greater... Yeah. It, it, he becomes, you know, it's like, you know, when, when, I, when I think about this season, I don't think about it as, as receiving and giving or giving and receiving gifts. I think about it as the birthday of our Lord Jesus Christ that we just celebrated. And wow, I'm telling you, uh, I hope you celebrated it 
and you included him in your Christmas yes. because that's what it's all about. It is. It's it is. all about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, we thank you for the ones that are here with us in church today here at ELC. And I pray, God, those that will be joining us online or already joining us online somewhere in the world, whether it be in Canada, the Philippines, Africa, Spain, Italy, all these different places, God, we just pray and ask that today your anointing will be upon the worship, upon everyone that's uh, helping to make this service live on live streaming. Everyone here, as we worship you, just open our hearts and minds to be able to receive. Let the anointing flow from people to people today in a marvelous way, and they be lifted up with joy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Let's amen. worship the Lord. Why don't we all stand? You know, when I think about the Lord and all of his goodness and all that he's done for me, it makes me want to sing. How about you? When I think about the Lord and all he's done for me, makes me want to shout. How about you? How about you? Yes, amen. Oh, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. And when I think about the Lord, how he picked me up and he turned me around, how he set my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout a hallelujah, thank you Jesus, Lord you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, it makes me want to shout a hallelujah, thank you Jesus, Lord you're worthy about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. And when I think about the Lord, how he picked me up and he turned me around, how he set my feet, hallelujah, on solid ground, it makes me want.
this year. I thank you, Lord, for a wonderful Christmas season. I thank you, Lord, for the birth. But Lord, I also thank you for the resurrection. I thank you, Lord, that we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. We are healed. We are whole. We are sanctified in Jesus' name. Oh, we think about things that are good and true and lovely and just. And as we think on those things, Father, we have to say, oh, we want to shout and we want to give you glory. Hallelujah. It makes we want to shout a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all of the glory and all of the honor and all the praise. It makes me want to shout a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all of the glory, all of the, all the glory, all of the glory, and all of the honor, all of the glory, all of the honor. All of the praise. Now give us a shout of praise with you right now. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory. You are our everything, Father. Hallelujah. And we'll sing blessing. Glory and His name is Jesus. 
Surround me, oh Lord. 
I think that's a wonderful thought. It comes from the Word of God. You are my shelter. You are my strength. A very present in the in time of need. You know, last night, as we were lying down, just about to retire for the night, my phone rang and I recognized the number and. It was from someone that had lost their loved one this year, their husband, and, and they'd said it's been a hard day, Pastor Don and Sharon, and, and they explained some things. And I just realized, you know, that sometimes life hands us things 
that are very uncomfortable, very hurtful. And when they do, God didn't do these things to us. It's just life. And you know, and this person, of course, was not angry or mad at God, but they were sobbing and saying, you know, holidays are not the same. And I said, you know, I have not lost what you've lost, and I can't go there with you. I know we've experienced loss and we've experienced pain. But I know in our loss and all of our pain, Jesus was there to give us strength. And I want, I want them to do that one more time. And I want you that are watching, you know, uh, I, I was looking and it's amazing. We have people from the United Kingdom. We have people from Spain, from Ireland. Um, Some of those European countries, it's amazing. I look down at Nigeria, Ghana, the different places where people are watching. And so I know, and then then the Philippines, you know, a lot of people from the Philippines. And as I mentioned in my prayer a few minutes ago, we grieve for the people in the Philippines. Hundreds were dead in the typhoon. You know, I've been to the Philippines. It's my second home almost. I've been there 26 times. And I love the people of the Philippines and what they're going through. I got pictures and pictures and pictures and pictures of homeless people and their homes being destroyed and on and on and on. But I I want us to just believe as we sing this song again that God will be their comfort. He will be their sword. He will be their shield. So David and Don... Least in the all my strength, my shield, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help. You are my strength, oh my shield, my portion, deliverer, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help. being our very present help in time of need. Thank you, Jesus. Turn around there and look at someone, smile at them real big and say, it sure is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen.
Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings at this time in our service. Before we do, I just want to say that we appreciate everyone that's been faithful this year. We thank you for the people that have stuck with us through a hard time. We're so grateful for David Brasky, our sound engineer. Let's give Dave a great big thank you. He has improved our streams and in in the quality of our audio. Just unbelievable what uh, David has been able to do to improve our, the quality of our stream. And, and we want to be a blessing to people. Amen. We want it where people can hear and they can sing along. And, and many, many people do. People tell me from different parts of the world, we worship right along with you there in Carrollton, Texas. And, um, but we're grateful for, you know, I think about Cheryl, who's in the control room right now, puts the words up there. And this morning, I'm not going to use points from my message, and I've got scriptures, but I, I told her she could take off this morning from having to, you know, take my message and make sure it's on the screen. I'm just going to preach to you this morning out of my heart, and, uh, you know, uh, you can look in your Bibles or look at your phone or whatever to find the scripture. I'm not going to make it so easy for you. Today I'm going to make you work a little bit because even though I've done the work, uh, it's still good sometimes to bring your Bible or your phone or something so you can look at the scriptures and especially write them down. Because if you only hear the scriptures dear in church, they're not going to stick with you. You've got to have them and meditate in them and stay with them over and over again. And I, I, I just know that the Word of God is what keeps us alive. It's what keeps us going. And we're so grateful for His Word. And um, we are going to do something for the people in the Philippines who don't know exactly what it is, but I've had so many asking for help. You would not believe the people that is asking for help. And, and you know, folks, I want you to pray for us because this has been a tough year for us financially. You know, we... I'm going to be talking about it in a few minutes, but, you know, when we found out as of today, we were over $80,000 down this year from last year. And, you know, last year was the pandemic year, and for us to go through what we went through and the losses and everything we went through just to be down that much. If anybody hears the voice of God and wants to write a $20,000 check or $100,000 check or a $50 check or a $10 check. Anything will help to make that up. And that's as of today. But I believe God is going to restore everything that this, the enemy stole. And one thing you that's heard me over and over again, you know I never give up just because it's near it's near the first of the year. I never give up. I keep my hope and my faith until... Uh, midnight and many, many, many weeks, I mean many years, um, my wife and I have been really getting ready to go to bed or sometimes be in the bed and all at once my phone will click and it'll be somebody saying, well, the Lord led me to finish out this year and sometimes the checks they would give it be right in. They want to get it in on their taxes right before the, the clock uh, ticks midnight. And so 
we got quite a bit of time before now and midnight Saturday, Friday. So if you want to do something, you go ahead, you that's online. And um, as we give our tithes and offerings, I know a number of you have already brought them up here. So if everybody here is given, okay. But you in the audience, there's where you can go to. Go to our website, eoglobal.church. And as you go to eoglobal.church, you have... Uh, you can do your debit card, your credit card, or there's an address you can send it to, whichever one you prefer. But anyway, we're grateful for everybody that has supported. And if it hadn't been for some of my ministry friends this year, folks, some of my ministry friends um, that has, I, I haven't mentioned it, but sometimes they have made it possible for us to be able to continue doing what we're doing. And so I'm grateful for their ministries and how God has put them in our life to be a blessing to us. So whatever you give today, whatever you do, you that are watching, Father, I just pray over their gifts today, whether it's tithe, whether it's offering. We, we, we're not beggars, God. We're just worshipers of you. And we're, we are here serving in the kingdom, ministering to people as you have called us to do. And I ask God today, that somehow this service will be a blessing to everyone and everyone that contributes with their tithe or offerings or whatever. God, that you will bless them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, you know, for several weeks I talked about emotions. And, and of course, this season of the year is a very emotional time for a lot of people, as I just said earlier on about a lady calling us. And um, even though it's emotional and, you know, I talked about depression and I got about this much into depression. And I'm not going to talk about depression today. However, at some point, I feel like the Lord is going to have me come back and deal with this subject more because people in the body of Christ, I found out through teaching this, I've had multiplied, multiplied dozens of people contact me and, and say, Pastor Don, uh, you, you were speaking directly to me. You know, we had a minister here uh, that's been around the world, and he came up to me crying and then spent two hours at my home weeping and talking about how he had never had it addressed to him and how he had been in depression for years. And then a couple of weeks ago, we had live by Zoom one of my dear friends that had been in depression for years and has traveled the world. So it doesn't matter if you're a Christian. If you've got things that's bothering you and you're a Christian, we need help. And many times people are embarrassed or ashamed to reach out to help other than God, they'll ask God, but again, sometimes God has put other people in the body of Christ to help us. And I often refer to my own body. How many times does my hands help me? How many times does my eyes help me? How many times does my ears help me? How many times does my feet help me? Even my toes. Every part of my body is essential and so is yours. So we need sometimes to reach out to other members of the body. And my friend that we had on Zoom said to me, well, I was, you, you and Sharon have been my closest of friends for almost 40 years. But he said, I was always ashamed. I was always ashamed to let you know that I had this particular need. 
Well, again, being ashamed only kept him in that dark cave for a long time. And now God has brought him out of that dark cave, even though he still has issues to deal with day by day. And we all do, don't we? One way or the other, we have issues to deal with, and we have things that come up that we have no control over. But today I, I want to talk about a season of hope. And I believe that right now here our world needs more hope than it does anything else. You say, no, I need a financial miracle. Well, you can have a financial miracle, but without hope, other things will go wrong or fall apart in your life, and so we need hope. And to me, hope is, a, hope is something that I, I uh, realize that we, my wife and I, have always kept. Because without hope, without hope, it's dark. Your, your future is dark. There's no, no path to walk in. And you've heard me talk about it so many times when our son was killed or our daughter was hit by the car. Uh, all the different things that happened, really, hope was what brought us through. Because the hope that we had, just, just like when our daughter Tammy was in the hospital and at, at midnight, we're about 2 o'clock in the morning when the neurosurgeon came in and he said she's going to die before the sun comes up. Well, you know, I could have I let his words dash our hope. But instead of allowing the words of the doctor to dash our hope, we went back to the Word of God. And here she is today, totally healed, made whole. Her son is on the camera back there running this one particular camera. So... Um, who's 22 years old now. And so uh, if, if we would have give up, TJ wouldn't have been here. She wouldn't have been here. But we had hope when there was no hope. The doctors gave us no hope. He said, I can do surgery, but it's only 50-50. I said, well, 50-50. If it was your child, what would you do? He said, I wouldn't do the surgery on my child. So we didn't. And I thank God we didn't. And there she is. God. Amen. Amen. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to start out. I got a, a number of scriptures about hope, and this one happens to be in the New Living Testament that I'm going to read you, and it's from Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I like the way this starts out because it said, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Don't waver from hope, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You know, I often say about people, I usually believe everything they tell me for the first few weeks or six months or whatever until their actions prove different than their words. So, when I say that, there's been a lot of people that have said a lot of things to me, but their actions was 180 degrees different. You know, again, I don't mean this to sound rude or harsh or anything, but sometimes people come into the church and they come in like, um, man, I'm here forever. This is my place. God called me here. And they'll get involved and one day just walk in and 
you, you look around and see where they are, they've vanished. Well, well, you know, their actions, they say, I'm committed, I'm here forever, I'm here, God called me here. And you look around and they're gone. Well, I don't let this bother me because my hope is in Jesus, not the person that came in and made the confessions. But see, what do I do? I believe what that person did. I don't believe what they say anymore because what they say and what they do is different. But what God says and what he does does not, does not change. And so he said, for God can be trusted to keep his promise or his word. So I keep my hope in God's word because God does what he says he will do. And then Isaiah 40, 31, and this is from the NIV, uh, the New International Version. And he says, Isaiah says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Wow. You know, there's been times this year, there's been times this year, I've seen my hope sort of just, just it, was, it was difficult, but I, somehow I'd get that hope back. And when I got the hope back, my strength would be renewed. And then he went on to say in that, when you keep your hope, when you keep your strength, he said, you'll soar on wings like eagles. You'll run and not grow weary. You'll walk and not faint. And I, I just want everybody to understand that wherever you are, wherever you are in your struggle, your life, or whatever you may have happened this year, the year is not over. I want to say that over and over again today. The year is not over. I know we're winding down. I know that. But I, as I said, I never give up hope. As I said, hope kept our daughter alive. Well, it was hope and faith. But faith is no good without hope. And then when our son was killed, it was only hope that we would see him again that helped bring us through. Then Psalms 33 and 18, again in the NIV. Psalms 33, 18. The eyes of the Lord are over those who fear him, on those who hope, whose hope is in his unfailing love. You know, our love, you know, sometimes people say, and please don't anyone be offended at me if you've gone through divorce or something because life happens, as I said. Life happens. But sometimes people come in and say, I just have fallen out of love with you. I just have fallen out. Well, no, you didn't just fall out of love with you. It was a period of time of decisions that caused you to say those words. But I'm saying that to say this. Those who hope in his unfailing love, God's Love. God never says, I've just fallen out of love with you, Don. I'm just tired of your actions. I'm tired of your ways. I'm tired of what you're doing, so I don't love you anymore. No, God says, Don, no matter what you do, you can't stop me from loving you. You can't stop me from loving me. Loving you. See, so what I'm saying, or the scripture is saying here is, his eyes of the Lord are on those who Fear him on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Oh my goodness. That is so hard sometimes emotionally to understand 
that God's love never grows dim, that God's love doesn't quit when we've been ugly and when we've said some things we shouldn't say or we've done some things we shouldn't do. God still just says, you may walk out from me, you may walk out and turned away from me for a little while, but I'm still going to be right here when you turn back. I've got my arms open. You know, just like the prodigal son. When, when we think about the prodigal son, took his inheritance, took his money, went away and had a ball, he thought. I'm having the time of my life. I'm spending my inheritance. But when it was all gone, he was, he was eating with the pigs, and then he realized, my goodness, at my, at my daddy's farm, at my daddy's home, the, 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 the servants, they don't have to eat with the pigs. They feed the pigs, but I'm eating pig food. I'm going to go back to my daddy. And when he got back to his daddy, his daddy was there with open arms saying, son, Everything has been the same since you left. Nothing has changed. He said, Daddy, I'm so sorry I've sinned against you. I've done you wrong. And, uh, but he said, it's okay, son. Come on back in. So the daddy, the father, <coughs> kept hope. He kept hope even though the, the son left him. Folks, I want you to keep hope because in the midst of all the things that's happened in 22, uh, 20, uh, 20, 20, and 21, God has always been there and he's never left us. Is somebody here? Amen. Then Psalms 13, 13, and this is so fresh every time I read it, and they'll... And this is in the NIV as well. And now there are three, there are three, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Well, you can't really have real hope without love. And really love is the foundation for everything we do. God's love in us is the foundation for our faith. It's the foundation for our hope. So if we, if we realize God loves us, what did the Bible say? Love God with all your mind, with all your soul. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. So love is a big issue. Love is a big issue in our lives. Oh, thank God for love. Today, if we could just comprehend a little bit of God's love, I think we would want to be more aware of him throughout the week. I think we would want to spend more time with him, and we would want to embrace him back if we fully comprehended his love. Now, I say this to everyone, to reach always higher when you're hurting. You know, somebody says, you know, when it's, when uh, things are bad and it's hard to have hope. Well, I understand. I understand. I've just explained a couple of situations of ours. But, you know, the Bible says he gave you three things. Love, hope, and faith. Now, I'm saying them in a different order than I just read them to you, but love is first. And then when you have love, you have hope in that love, hope in his word. And when you have hope, you have something for your faith to take you to. 
Where is your hope? Where are you going to let your faith take you to? What is your hope for the remainder of this year? What is your hope for 2022? Let me read one more scripture before I go on with this. Romans 15, 13. And again, this is in the NIV. And it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. May the God of hope. <laughs> May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that is so powerful. God says when we turn to the God of hope, when we turn to the God of hope, he'll give us joy, he'll give us peace as we trust in him and then we will overflow with hope so we can encourage someone else. Now, these scriptures encourage us to keep our hope in God. And I often say this, and it, it, is, it always bears repeating. I say it a lot. If you don't have any hope in the present, you have no hope for the future. You know, sometimes um, you have things that happen and it's hard to see through what happens. But we need to remember that hope comes from God. And when we, we remember that, the word hope means favorable and confident expectations. Everybody say favorable and confident expectations. See, in your darkest hour, I believe we need to go back and say, God, help me to have hope. Help me to have hope. So you may have had dashed expectations this year, but let me encourage you, the year is not over. Don't give up hope. Remember, and you that's heard me preach at this time of the year, any time at all, you've heard me make this statement, and I don't apologize for repeating it. How you leave is how you enter. How you leave is how you enter. Many nights we've been lying in bed, um, you know, because the last number of years we haven't traveled and very much at all because of the pandemic, obviously, but part of the reason. Other reasons because of being right here. But many times, lying in bed, we usually try to watch the, the big ball in New York, you know, when it goes down. And, and of course, you know, all those people there, we're, we're, we're just thinking about how God helped us through the year and we're expecting in the next year. But we have hope. And, uh, you know, we take hands and we pray and we say, thank you, Lord, for helping us through this year. We have great expectations for the year ahead. Well, uh, you know, as I said, this year's not over and how you leave is how you're entered. So don't, don't leave this year without hope. Don't leave this year discouraged. 
And you know, I gotta add one more little thing. I gotta add one more thing. And I don't want to mess up your mind right now. <laughs> I'm bringing this up. But let me say it again, how you leave anything, how you leave anything, that's how you enter the next phase of your life. And you know, sometimes people leave situations, relationships, and, and it's sometimes the right thing to do, to leave, but now, if you do it right, you'll enter the next one right. You say, but they did it to me. You know what? You can't fix what somebody did to you, but you can fix what's inside of you. I want to say it again. I know you heard me well. But you can't change or fix or do anything about what others do to you. And you can't blame them for your action. Yes, they pushed me. They may, I, you know, I've said this before. They made me do it. No, nobody made you do anything. You don't really have to do anything but live till you die. Thank you. Thank you for all those amens. I, I nearly got shouted down there. No. We come back to when I'm going to leave something, I'm not going to leave angry and mean and mad. You know, many, many people's been in our life over the years. Oh, thousands of people have been in our life. And sometimes the pardon's not well. Sometimes the pardon is not good. I'll be upfront with you and honest. The pardon has not been good, but at the same time, I knew I could not be offended at what's happening or keep that because if I keep the offense and they leave, I can't get over it and I'm going to preach through offense. Do you, would you want your pastor preaching through offense? Would you want your pastor preaching through hurt? Sometimes I, we, we have the hurt we have to get over, but we can't let hurt cause us to be bitter. And I see so many people, and, and you know, uh, I answer people all the time that have uh, left, left out of our life sometimes very angry and, and uh, bitter. But you know what? When I think of them, I think of all the things they did for the ministry and for us when they were here. And so I, 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 think on, I think on something good. You know, I had a friend that was so close. We were the closest buddies. Oh, my goodness. I can't even tell you. We, we were the closest buddies. And something happened, and, and he made some decisions that I, I had to make some decisions. Well, he didn't talk to me for 20 years. He didn't talk to me for 20 years. He had my number. I would reach out to him, but there would be no response. But about five years ago, about five years ago, he called the office here and got this, my sweet wife, and he said, I need Don's number. Would, uh, 
would, would he talk to me? And she said, of course he had talked to you. And so he, he texted me and said, you want to talk? Well, you know, there was a part of me that wanted to say, you hadn't had a word to say in 20 years, and you think I want to say something now? Go jump in the lake. That's what my emotions wanted to say on the text. So I didn't answer it. Because <laughs> my emotions were saying, you want to talk after 20 years. But you know what? Instead of, instead of dwelling on that, I, I looked back. I started looking back of so many marvelous moments, history-making moments that I was a part of with him. It was, I mean, life-changing for multitudes of people in many parts of the world. And as I began to think on those things, finally my fingers went to the text and said, yes, I'd enjoy a conversation. Well, when he called, you know, the first thing he did was start apologizing and apologizing and apologizing and apologizing and apologizing. I said, would you stop? I said, I forgave you 20 years ago. At least I thought I did until I got the text. <laughs> well, I thought I did, but anyway, I, I think I did. I just think when when he finally contacted, I think it just brought back some, some hurt or something. I don't know what it is, because I never said, I never said a negative word about him ever. Never. I would not do that. Because it was not in me to say something negative about someone that I loved and had been a blessing to me and had been a blessing to them. But we, he kept, I said, stop or I'm going to hang up. You can't apologize anymore. You were forgiven 20 years ago. Well, that's five years ago. And, you know, matter of fact, uh, I just got a text from him this morning, you know, uh, a very nice text uh, this morning, wanting to see us real soon. So God restored, God restored because when I left, <clears throat> I did my best not to let myself cause his decisions to make me make wrong decisions. So I, I'm, I'm going further with this than I intended, but somebody watching or somewhere needs it because how you leave. See, if I hadn't left properly, God would not have blessed us over those 20 years. We would have struggled and gone through all kinds of things that we couldn't have ever but you know what? <clears throat> Some of our greatest ministry was during those 20 years. Some of those greatest ministries, we, we were privileged to, to be in Papua New Guinea. And I say this with no, no ego involved. No praise in mind. But we were a part of a meeting in Papua New Guinea. I was looking at the pictures yesterday between our breakfast with our family and, and, and the dinner, I just sort of took a break and I've got some pictures on my computer that I hadn't looked at in years. And so I thought, well, I'm just gonna stop 
and go through memories. And many of those people were in those memories. And when I would get there, a smile would come on my face, each one, because I had good thoughts. But one of the things that, that came up, one of the things that came up was Papua New Guinea. And I've got a number of, um, I've got um, a number of friends that, <clears throat> um, in, in Papua New Guinea, we've been there, I, I think, six times. You have to go through Australia to get there, or else through Japan, one or the other. But we've been there six times. And God, you know, we were on TV there for a long time. And it was amazing. We were a part of a meeting where over a half a million people on the last night showed up. And I'm not saying that evangelistically, but we gave out 500,000 books that night. That's how come I knew how many people attended. It was seas of people. And not only that, it was the biggest event, even politically, or any other kind of event that ever, ever happened in Papua New Guinea. So during those 20 years, if I had let my leaving, how I leave, affect me, it would have hindered me from the success that God had awaiting for me. Folks, what's going to happen in 2022? How you leave 2021 is how you enter 2022. So we started this year out, my wife and I, with a lot of hope, a lot of excitement for the ministry here at ELC. And we were planning, as you know, to do the remodeling of this room. And we had already purchased some of the things that we needed. We had ordered and purchased some of the things that we needed for the remodeling. But of course, you know, when Valentine's Day came of this year, the weather started getting cold. And then Monday, the next day, Valentine's Day was on Sunday, if you remember. And then on Monday, it got colder and then colder, and it broke records two degrees below zero. I don't know what that, I guess in Celsius it would be the same. But once you get zero, I think they're both about the same when you start going down Celsius and Fahrenheit. Anyway, our pipes in here broke. After they warmed back, they froze and then they broke because of loss of power. You all know the story. Well, it was devastating to see what happened. And then the despair that we went through, it just kept going down, 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 down. What we had ordered and purchased already to remodel, we had to take away. But, you know, God did not leave. And even though my hope sometimes wasn't as bright on some days as it was others, I never gave up hope. Look at us this morning. Are we sitting here in a beautiful room? Uh, and people are in, in parts of the world are enjoying this room with us and hopefully being blessed by the message today and by the worship. Amen. Amen. 
But see, what if I'd have lost hope and just said, and see, we had the opportunity to get out of our lease. But, you know, somehow I just kept hope. See, it was one bad thing after another. And let me just stop here and say, I mentioned it a few minutes ago, so many people calling me from the Philippines and, and, and talking to me about the despair of the typhoon. I mean, and it's just unbelievable. But I tell them all when I talk to them. You know, I want to fix everybody. I want to fix every one of their problems there. And in Kentucky, I want to fix their problems, but I'm only one. I can only do what I have in my hand. I can't get what I don't have. I can only give what I can, that's inside. And you know, as, as the year progressed and we were renting a hotel and not doing as good a job on the stream as we could because we were having to do it away in another situation, taking things in and taking things out. And, and I know I've, I mention it a lot. Pastor Jan, bear with me just a moment. But when August came, August the 20th came, her lovely husband of over 50 years, 50 years, went home to be with Jesus. I know it's left a big vacuum on the inside, and I, I just, for your sakes, I hate to mention this, but at the same time, I have to bring this up because it was such devastation and loss for us. It was gain for him, and sometimes it's hard for us that's left here to understand understand the difference between our pain and, and his joy or whoever it may be. Just like our son, it was hard for us to understand even though he was just 15, his gain and our loss. It's hard to put those two together sometimes. But it left a vacuum in her and then it left a vacuum in our church because he was almost as much life here and light as I was. <laughs> and that's okay. It was always okay. He never tried to steal it or take it. It was just a support. And we're recovering, but there's, there's not another one that's going to be like him. So as I said, it continued to go down. And then when that came, and obviously we had just moved back into the building, and he had done so much to help us. But one of the things that I knew, even by Al leaving, we have the hope Sometimes, in the future, we're going to be reunited with Al. We're going to be reunited with your loved ones, with our loved ones. So let's never, never lose hope. One of the things I've learned about the Christmas season and this time of the year that we're in right now, uh, everyone that we come in contact with is not filled and excited with joy over the holidays. That may be their first year of recovering from a divorce, a death, losing a home, losing a car. So I come to understand a long time ago, everyone is not excited 
about Thanksgiving, Christmas, and the New Year. But you know what? We have to come back to, I'm going to have hope in Jesus regardless, regardless of what's happened to me. I'm not going to let it stay in me. See, what happens to us many times happens in us. And as long as we keep it in us, in us we can never go on with hope. As I just mentioned, not only, not only here, but we think about our friend over in Rockwall. He just texted me recently and was saying we got to get together. We we were he, he and his wife and my wife we were together celebrating a friend's fiftieth uh, birthday and sixtieth birthday, and um, it was a joyous evening celebrating with our with our mutual friend and being together and sitting at the table and talking. Well, just. Last week, last, last Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, it just slipped out into eternity. Marcus Lamb just slipped out into eternity. I could go on and on and on that those that have gone on this year, but folks, we can't quit hoping. We can't quit hoping. It may be bleak, it may be dark, it may hurt. But we got to keep hope. You know, just like someone here, not here this week, they're visiting some loved ones, went to the doctor after a biopsy expecting a good report. But the report that came was not a good report. It was the opposite. Well, he said, Pastor, I was devastated by the news. I was devastated because I was expecting, see, we may have, I said this in the beginning, we may have had dashed expectations in 2021, but somehow we got to come back to the hope. I prayed with him. I encouraged him. I ministered to him. And I said, Keep your hope in Jesus. And while you're taking medication, only take the medication with speaking words of life, not saying this medicine is doing this to me, it's doing that to me. Don't say that. It, it may be having side effects, but don't verbalize. Verbalize, I believe I'm receiving my healing in Jesus' name. Is anybody here today? Yes. See, when people go through things, you and I, I think we have a responsibility to say, Lord, give me the love. Give me the wisdom to know what to say, when to say, and how to say the right thing. You know, when people call me up and, and, and I've had a lot of people in the last few days call me up and tell me how bad things are, I listen. I listen with compassion. 
But I find a way to say, I heard what you said. I may not understand your pain, but God does, and you're not alone, and you're calling me. I encourage you to look beyond what you're saying now. And one of the things that I, I encourage people when the doctor diagnoses you with something, don't ever say my. If he said that, if it's the C word, don't ever say my cancer. It's not yours. You said, what's in my body? Well, don't, don't claim it. You don't want it. Somebody said, well, that's not going to make it. Yeah, it does. Our words makes a lot of difference. So don't agree if the doctor says you've got arthritis. And when the pain comes, don't go around, oh, my arthritis. Oh, my arthritis. Don't, don't welcome arthritis. There's all kinds of authors out there. And you don't, want to be, you don't want to be inviting all the authors in your body. You say, well, if you got it, you got it. Well, I'm not telling anybody to deny arthritis. I know the first of the year I went to the doctor and, and she sent me to do some x-rays and stuff. And so I was talking to the lady and the lady doctor and she said, well, Mr. Clowers, you have arthritis. Well, I didn't get up and come home and tell Pastor Sharon, I have arthritis. I said, you know what that doctor said? She said, I had arthritis in my body. I said, I looked at the x-rays and she showed me. I said, but you know what? I said, it's not mine. It's not mine. I don't care what that x-ray said. And she's a wonderful surgeon. Because they thought, you know, I might need a hip replacement or something, you know, but, you know, I have not accepted and agreed that I personally have arthritis. Somebody said, well, the doctor said it, the x-ray said it. Are you a fool? No. But Proverbs 18 and 23 says there's power of life and death in the tongue. So I'm not going to claim arthritis in my body. I claim, 1 Peter 2.24, that God has moved the arthritis out of my body. It's, it's in my, it has been in my body, but it's not mine. Yes. I didn't ask for it. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't say give it to me. Give me arthritis. Well, somebody says, well, that's dumb. Don't nobody asked for that. Well, I didn't either. I'm just telling you, don't claim it. Is anybody with me today? Yes. You know, the New Living says about the tongue in 18, Proverbs 18, 21, it says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. <laughs> Those who love to talk, and that means saying things on the negative side, will reap the consequences. Remember, good thoughts are important because what you think is what you talk about. What you think on the most is what you talk about and it's what you act on. Think about good things and you'll say right things. Wrong thinking brings wrong speaking. So think life, hope life, and speak life. Now, I'm going to try to bring this to a close. 
And as I do, I, I want to read you something that a dear friend of mine whose name is Jermaine Copeland. Jermaine Copeland has authored many books, and she's written many different prayer books. And the names of those books are the, the, the prayers that avail much. Jermaine's been a friend of ours for years, and sometimes we chat back and forth. Uh, and um, I've, I've got all of her books, and then she sent me a 2050-year anniversary beautiful leather-bound of many of her prayers in this beautiful book. And Jermaine uh, is a young lady. She's somewhere in her 80s now, early 80s. And so she's a young lady. And uh, but very full of the word, and she, she's got these books of prayers. And if you want to know how to pray, get, get one of those books, The Prayers That Avails Much, because it tells you how to pray over everything. But I, I was looking at something she said this week. She said, rebuking the curse spoken over millions of miracles of Americans that was spoken over by the White House today. The enemy has no authority over me, my family, and our household. I speak life, not death, over this nation. I speak that fear has to go. Holy Spirit, come. The White House is not the great author of life. Only the king above kings has that authority. The power of faith is greater than than fear. She said, if you are vaccinated or not vaccinated, it should not warrant a declaration of death over people. That is pure evil to wish, declare, or speak death over a fellow human being. We must speak hope. We must speak hope. Well, when I read that, and I knew what I was going to be speaking on this Sunday. Oh, I mean, it was like a fire jumped out. So she, she, she went on and she had the scripture, Romans 8 and 15 in the New Living Translation. She said, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now, I don't have time to get into the adoption, but, ooh, you know, even though we're not Jews, we're adopted by the blood of the Lord Jesus. Then she gave this, and she said, in John 14, 27, she said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift to the the gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And then she went on to say, the White House spoke death over us, but I say we must speak life and declare evil has no place or authority over us. Amen. 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 Woo. 
when I read that, I just jumped. I got up from the computer and I walked around and I said, thank you, Jesus, that you've got people of influence that's standing up rebuking the enemy and not going to let somebody from the White House say words over us, whether we're vaccinated or unvaccinated. That has not got anything to do with anything. We are children of God and we're going to have hope regardless. No matter what COVID has done, no matter how many people it's taken out, our hope is not in COVID. Our hope is in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I am. And let us press in like the little woman that had the issue of blood. I'm sure that, the, you know, the Bible history tells us her name was Veronica. And Veronica, when she went to find Jesus, and she had great hope. She, she had great hope. But when she got there, there was this huge crowd around Jesus. And she said, how can I get there? She found a way to touch the hem of his garment. She didn't give up hope. Bartimaeus, when he heard about Jesus coming and Bartimaeus was blind and he wanted to see, he cried out and the crowd around him, you're a nobody, you're a beggar, you're a blind. He has no time for you. There's too many other people he's here for. So just be quiet. Bartimaeus said, thou son of David. He kept hope. He kept hope. He kept hope that Jesus would hear him. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus heard the cry of hope and he said, bring him to me. The same ones that told him to be quiet had to bring him to Jesus. So I'm telling you, I got hope for you and me that we're moving out of 2021 into 2022 with hope and victory that we're going to see the glory of God. Those that have lost, no matter what it has been, somehow hope is going to fill your heart. You're going to rise up and you're going to see things. Glory to God that you've never seen before. Now let me say this to you. Hope, if you were to do that as an acrostic, look at the word H. Hope, O, only has P, positive E, expectation. Hope only has positive expectations. So when you get up in the morning, you know, you may have suffered six months you may suffer seven months. Get up the next morning with only positive expectations. My desire for all the people that's a part of ELC is to be people of love, hope, and compassion. Hope, love, and compassion. It's not up to us to point out the faults in someone that has missed the mark. The Bible tells us in Galatians, restore those that are hurting. Restore those that are fallen. I pray the people of ELC, whether here or there, we got people that's a part of ELC in different parts of the world. That's most likely watching today. If not, they'll watch the rerun. Or at a later time, I pray that the people of ELC will not just be in their cocoon, 
but they'll notice who's sitting beside them. And not only say nice things at church, but find involvement some way so that if they're hurting, you can bring them out of the pain, not get in their business. I'm not telling no one to get in another person's business, but bring them to the place of trust that they could say, I'm dealing with this, and you would not condemn, you would not think less of them once they told you the problem they're experiencing, but you would give them hope. God, help us to be light. Is anybody blessed today? Amen. Is anybody blessed today? Yes. You know, sometimes God may seem silent to you. Sometimes it may seem like the darkness has been a long time. But 2,000 years ago, when God had been silent for a long time, and the night was blind, angels started singing in the field. Angels started coming to the shepherds that were watching the sheep. And they said, a Savior has been born. So if he's been, seems like he's been silent, or it's been dark, the lights are on. Let the light in you, let the light in you shine on others. We must in 2022. You know, I know this, this room doesn't seat a lot of people. And I had a choice. I didn't have to be here. We could have been in a larger place. But I feel like God wants me to know who people are. And when they hurt, I don't necessarily hurt with you, but I have compassion with you so that you can keep your hope. Let me tell you this this example before I close. A few years ago, a study was done with rats. They had this barrel of water and um, they put um, three rats in there and they closed the door and turned out all the lights. It was total darkness. These rats swam for three minutes and drowned it. So they took the rats out and they put three more in and they opened the door just a little bit and let a little bit of light shine through. And when they did, these rats swam for 36 hours. What was the difference in three minutes and 36 hours? Light. They had hope 
and they swam. They didn't. They they did obviously wind up drowning, but they didn't drown until they ran out of energy and they had no more energy because they kept hope to their last kick. They had the light. So when it feels like when it feels like you're in a dark place by yourself, find someone that's got some light. Thank God for the people in my life this year that has given me light, hope. When things seem, when God seems silent and it seemed dark. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your love, your mercy. And I pray, Lord, that as we're here this morning, that you will open the windows of heaven upon every individual. And if they're struggling with hope in any way whatsoever, God, if they're struggling with hope, They're struggling with hope. Somehow let them see what I just told about this example. And if they'll run to the light, things will change. It may not be overnight, things will change. And Father, we believe that we're firmly anchored and your love, and your peace, and your joy. Everybody pray this prayer with me. There may be somebody listening, watching, that's never made Jesus Lord of their life. Pray this with me. Dear Lord, I repent of my wrong, my sins. I'm sorry, Lord, for missing the mark. I come to you, come to you with, hope, with hope, believing that your love, that your love delivers, me, delivers me, sets me free, sets from, free all bondage, from all bondage, all hurts, all, hurts, all, things, of all things of the past, and makes me brand new. Thank you, Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart, into my heart and into my life. Jesus, I make you Lord today. Amen and amen. So, these next few days, what are you going to do? Are you going to talk about this been a tough year, this been a tough year? I just mentioned those, but I mentioned I never lost their hope. I believe, just like I did this time last year, when I was standing close, it was the proximity wasn't the same because it was a different platform, but I was standing close by. And I had the same hope last year, even though disappointments and dashed expectations come and a lot of things happened. 
My hope is still in Jesus. It's not in things. It's not in people. It's not in prophets. It's in Jesus. I hope the same for you. Father, I pray over everyone present, whether here in the room or somewhere in the world, that you will give them new hope. That they will realize you are the God that makes a way where there is no way. Everybody stand on your your feet with me. Praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its victory. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, you're my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. What a great, what a great song to finish this message with today. Jesus Christ, our living hope. I want you somehow to break every chain and don't let the devil cause you to go out of 2021 broken, beat up, but go out of saying, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm going to that place through the hope in Jesus Christ. That's what I'm going to do. Amen. Amen. Now this Thursday night, this Thursday night, we've been doing it on Wednesday night, but this Thursday night we will have our prayer meeting by Zoom. Now this is not on, it's not on any social media. It's strictly invitation. We have to send you um, a link to get on. So this Thursday night, we'll be having prayer meeting again. And I'm believing this to be a great prayer meeting this Thursday night. And then again, this is right before, right before we leave 21 and go into 22. So I'm looking forward to our prayer meeting. And then next Sunday, I'm telling you, I'm leaving next Sunday morning. We're going to blast off. Uh, How old is William Shatner? William Shatner's 90 years old movie actor just recently went up in a space. space. 90 years of age 
I think it cost 250000 to go up. Well, I'll tell you, William Shatner, you might have gone into space and spent two hundred and fifty grand. And I say this, I, I say this complimentary. I don't care. I'm glad that he got to go. I'd probably go if I had the chance, but I wouldn't have. I'd take $250,000 and help somebody before I'd fly eight minutes into space or whatever it is. But he blasted off into space at 90 years of age. But I'm telling you, next Sunday, David, get ready. Everybody get ready. As Bishop Jake says, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I believe we're going to blast off. It'll already be 22, 2022. And I believe we're going to blast off here at ELC with, with fire, Holy Ghost, power, anointing, you being blessed, you being healed, you being touched. Well, God bless you and go home and have a great day. Amen. Amen. Bless you all in wherever you may be.